This is the Adam Crowley Show. To pick against the Steelers is a sin. It's a sin that's written in the Bible. Don't you understand? On ESPN Pittsburgh (laughs) and the iHeartRadio app. Ryan tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. If Vietnam, Iran, Iraq, etc. had football teams, war could have been avoided. Just saying. Zach says the NFL still basically is the Civil War. The damn Patriots just keep winning. All right. Way to go, Zach. You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens. Follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. Brian LaMartina across from me. Shirtless Tom beyond the glass. And we've got intern Jerome in today as well. Tell your kids. Tell your wife. We doing radio up in here. Every day. Every day, 4 o'clock until 7. And at training camp, I'll be doing it from 3 till 7. You just catch the first hour on Steelers Nation Radio. And then it'll probably... Be the last hour on uh, from six till seven. Kidding, kidding. Of course, that's not the way we do things here. I wrote a column for the Pittsburgh City Paper, and check it out, please. Trying to grow, okay? Rob Rossi doing a really good job, and you can check that out at pghcitypaper.com. And the column was about baseball being beyond saving, and even before last night's game, I've been lost. Uh, I watch baseball because it's my job, but baseball's lost its charm. My grandfather would probably roll over in his grave if he heard me saying that, but baseball has lost its charm to me. So much so that last night's game, I hear, was tremendous. Uh, I hear it was excellent television. And it better be because, hey, guess what? It's all the best players on the planet. It better be good television. It better be a good product. But because it lost me before last night's game, I don't know anything about it. I didn't watch it. Uh, I don't know if there were any home runs hit. I don't know if Felipe Rivero-Vasquez pitched in the game. Uh, I don't know who started for other teams. I don't know who the managers were. I don't know any of that junk. I, I didn't watch it. I watched The Office. I was watching Jim and Pam. And their love continued to grow at the expense of Roy. And look, it's how I'd rather spend my night put my hand in my wife's hand and watch a little bit of The Office instead of watching Mike Trout run around the outfield for four hours and 15 minutes. I don't know how long the game was either. Did you guys watch it? Did you guys watch any of it? I had it on. Like, I was... Okay, so... I know. We do sports, right? So, uh, probably should have watched Allegedly. It. Kind of. Yeah, so I turned the thing on, and I'm sitting there, and I, I actually made a valiant effort to, like, pay attention, try to watch the thing, because I knew I might be the only one on this show who actually watched <laughs> it. Like, that was my guess. So, I tried. But then, I like, I kept getting distracted. Like, I'd, I'd go to Fortnite, I'd go to Facebook, I'd go over to Twitter, and then I'd have to look up again, and then, like, if it got a little bit allowed, it'd get my attention, and I'd see something going on. I mean, from what I saw, which apparently is very little, it was it was actually a good game. Yeah, you know, there were a lot of bombs going on. It was basically a game around a home run derby. Pitchers aren't coming hard at you or anything like that. Lots of people jacking the ball. Um, one of the cool, and as an Oriole fan, everybody who listens to this show regularly knows I'm an Oriole fan. And 
the thing that was driving me nuts was over and over Manny Machado being pulled up and asking, where do you think you're going to go? Is it going to be the Dodgers? And it's just like punching me in the face every damn time it happens. And then you see him there taking selfies with other Dodgers and just, oh, that part was just pissing me completely off. You know what? Apart from baseball games being too long and the action being so little in those games, that right there is a perfect microcosm of everything that's wrong because it's the Orioles, the have-nots, sending Manny Machado to the Dodgers, who are absolutely the haves. And that's not the slant that's placed on it at all no. by the national media. You want to know why? Because the national media don't care about the O's. They don't care about the Pirates. They don't care about Tampa. They don't care about those teams. There's a big problem in Major League Baseball. Not that I'm breaking news here. Because the haves have so much, and the have-nots don't have anything at all. But the media doesn't care because the media wants to see those big market teams succeed because that's how baseball's going to live. They need Boston to be good because they need that market. They need New York to be good, and preferably the Mets, too, because they need that market. They need the Dodgers to carry Los Angeles. They need the Cubs to be good. So when a player like Manny Machado is getting moved out there, it's, oh, this is great, when really it's the death of damn baseball. It absolutely is. And to your point, there's a big story out there right now that the MLB and Manfred, they are actually running an investigation on teams with profit sharing. That's still going on. We talked about it way back when, when it started breaking, and it went away. National media did not care, Don't care about a team like the Pirates not throwing money back into the franchise. But that's all still hot and heavy. The investigation is on. They're still under the microscope for that. So you're right to that point. The national media doesn't care as long care. as they get their Yankees, as long as they get their Dodgers, as long as they get their ratings and their ad money. That's all they care about. One cool thing that happened last night that I did notice, mic'd up players on the field. That is so freaking cool. It, it really is. Like So the players, they have microphones, and they're talking to the guys like back in the booth? They're in the game. They have like a little battery pack cool. on their back and, and a mic somewhere. There's a little lavalier sitting there, and, and they're basically having an interview with the player while they're on the field. It made me think like how cool that would be in other sports, like like faster paced sports. Imagine like hockey, you know, or like football, where people are just uh, uh, hey, uh, hear some yeah, things. That was a tough play right there. Yeah, no, we're gonna go back. Hold on, I gotta get in the huddle real quick. Hold on, hold on, I gotta figure out what we're playing. All right, I'm back. But I mean, it's cool. It was cool to watch. I kind of like that aspect. It's similar to how you hear NASCAR drivers. In yeah. their car, which I've always loved about the production that NASCAR puts on, they're very, they get you inside the car with the, and that's kind of what it felt like. I think that that's big because you need to push the stars' personalities. I think the NFL does a really good job of that. Le'Veon Bell's frankly kind of dull. Antonio Brown's not. That's why Antonio Brown, the flashy player, is on the cover of Madden. That's why you see him in commercials over and over and over again. I don't think I've seen Le'Veon Bell in one commercial ever, other than Steelers commercials that are saying, hey, join Steelers Nation Unite, listen to Steelers Nation Radio. I haven't seen him in anything. Major League Baseball does not do a good enough job of getting its stars out there. And one of the issues is Mike Trout plays all the way out there in Los Angeles where they're the second team. Manny Machado played for a bad team. Andrew McCutcheon got his stardom whenever the Pirates are actually good. But when they tailed off, I mean, do people care about Andrew McCutcheon anymore in San Francisco? I don't think so. I think the, the Major League Baseball needs to promote players. And they actually have a lot of stars now. Yeah, Like Mike Judge, the, all, the Yankees with Stanton and Judge, those guys hit bombs. You'll see them. 
But you don't see many other players. You, you really don't. You've got Mookie Betts in Boston, who I guess people who are closely watching the Red Sox and Major League Baseball know. But if you're not, if you are just a casual, not even a casual baseball fan, let's okay, let's do it this way. If you are my dad, my dad doesn't do sports. He, he just doesn't. Whenever he has, it's been because he loves me and he wants to do sports because of me. If Peyton Manning walks down the street, my dad can tell who Peyton Manning is. Uh, you can't tell one baseball player. He ain't going to have a clue about one single baseball player. I bet you people like your dad would tell you that Albert Pujols is still a more prominent player than Mike Trout. I'm not kidding. That that absolutely oh, will happen. Isn't that wild that you say that? Because in my head when I was thinking about stars, he popped into my head and he ain't a star. I've been a star close. for half a decade. He gets credit for being one. <laughs> it's right. still in your mind. He hits like 220 every year now. I mean, Adrian Beltre is a borderline Hall of Famer, maybe not even a borderline Hall of Famer, and, I mean, no one gives a rip about him. Is he still in the league? I don't know. Jerome's whispering. Was that Jerome? He he still plays for Texas? That can't be right. Get out of here, Jerome. (laughs) Jerome, do some interning and look up on your phone where Adrian Beltre plays. Research, Jerome, research. Yeah, please. Come on. We've been talking about this for a long time here on the show, but... I don't care if you make the designated hitter something that's in the National League and the American League. Uh, I don't think that that's going to all of a sudden bring people to baseball. Uh, I don't think it's going to change anything. Now, Rob Manfred has to do stuff. Uh, If he wants to eliminate the shift, I don't know if I'm for that, but he has to try something. Well, in the the eyes of the owners, he has to look like he's trying something. I think they realize on every level that... If you're going to, I mean, you got to blow up the game to change it because by nature, it's a lackadaisical game. This and that's slow the pace, and that's what it is. So Manfred's going to try to do everything, but it's all give and take. You know, like, sure, he'll make one, one little change, but then there's 30 other things that might take a little longer next year. And really, we're dealing with maybe seconds, 30 seconds a right. minute at most. Well, like the intentional walk. Right. Instead of throwing four balls in a minute, you throw none and it shaves a minute off. How many intentional walks are you going to see a game on average? One, maybe two, uh, maybe one even. Uh, you, you just It's just not something that saves that much time. And, okay, let's pretend like they can shave off a half hour. Let's say there's some magical elixir where Rob Manfred puts it in everyone's Gatorade cooler and keeps it away from Sean Rodriguez and everyone drinks it and it makes the game... It's like greenies again, right? Everyone's going a 1,000 miles an hour and the game's only two hours and 30 minutes. That doesn't solve it either because if there's only going to be 18 minutes action in two hours and 30 minutes, that's still a lot of time that I'm on Twitter or I'm changing the channel or I'm taking a dump. I mean, there are a bunch of different things I'm going to do during pitching changes. And you can't take slow out of baseball. You can you can shorten the game, but the game itself is still going to move at a sluggish pace. Now, I've had a lot of people say to me today, well, it's a thinking man's game, Crowley. That's why, yes, I know it's a thinking yeah. man's game, but so is football. Football is Absolutely. very similar to baseball in that aspect. It's all about strategy. It's, okay, what play are they going to run now? Just like, okay, what pitch is he going to throw now? I'd say football is more chess than baseball. It is, and it brings the violent element into it that we all kind of need, too. And that's why it works, even though the games are starting to get a little bit longer. Uh, baseball is just, it's, it's a wussy game of football. 
you know, and Manfred's getting into a real kind of back up against the wall position because you're dealing with the diehards, the people who have grown up right. on baseball. Now, the more you change in the gamble to try to bring more people into the game, he really get, puts himself at risk to really alienate older fans and fans who are just getting to like the game, who might not be all the way in yet, but are knowing they kind of like it. You know, so the diehards and stuff, he's got a real risk of alienating all those people. And, and it could hurt baseball in 25, 30 years to where we never see numbers like we've seen. That's a really good point. There are a lot of people, Greg Brown, who say hashtag ban the DH and Bob Locke says ban the DH, get rid of all that. There are baseball lifers right. who, if you lower the mound or if you take shifting out of it and you tell players where they can and cannot stand, and if you start saying the DH now is... Uh, either in both leagues or neither league, you're going to have people, fundamentalists, who have loved baseball their entire life who are now going to be furious. Well, maybe the younger people start to say, okay, that's a little bit better. It is, it is, it's a seesaw. Mm -hmm. And I don't envy the job that he has to do at all. Uh, If I had to be a commissioner of any league, I think NBA is by far the easiest. Oh, by by far. By far. far. Absolutely. Yeah, I would. The least I would want to be would be Roger Goodell. One because I would have to be a soulless nitwit. That would suck because I'd have to be an a hole basically to run that league. But I mean, imagine all of the stuff that he has to deal with, you know, and all the shady stuff that he has to pull to deal with that. That would be a horrible position to be in. It would be. I'd I'd rank it like this. I'd rather be the commissioner of the NFL last, Mm -hmm. and then I'd go baseball, hockey. NBA. I'd rather be the MLS commissioner because no one knows who the hell he is. <laughs> Could you name him? <laughs> yes. It's Landon Donovan. Shut up, Crowley. It's the only <laughs> soccer name I know. It's Pele. For a second, I was like, you know what? That sounds right. I think it is Landon Donovan. I had to do a double check in my head. I'm like, no, that's not right. No, he was rooting for Mexico like a couple weeks Maybe ago. Maybe it's Mbappe <laughs> or Ronaldo. That's Ronaldo. That's it. Those are the only players I know. Aguero? Aguero? Who's the guy who bites people? Uh, is that uh, Zidane? No, that's the guy who headbutts people. Oh, he headbutts. Oh, see, my I know bad. more about yeah, soccer see, than I thought I did. <laughs> Luis Suarez, that's the biter. Right. That's the guy who bites. Coming up next. That's the guy who bites. That's the one. We got Joe Rudder from the Trib, Steelers beat writer. I will talk to him about Le'Veon Bell, but I want to kick around a bunch of other Steelers things as we approach training camp. You're listening to The Crowley Show. The Adam Crowley Show. Making my way downtown, walking fast, faces passing, I'm homebound. Should I go lower? Staring blankly ahead, just making my way, making a way through the crowd. On ESPN Pittsburgh. We have a couple of things we got to correct here as we hear from... Joe Rudder from the Pittsburgh Tribune Review. Before we get to Joe, we've got intern Jerome. He found a couple of answers for us. Does Adrian Beltre still play Major League Baseball? He does for the Texas Rangers. And who is the commissioner of the MLS? Don Garber. Don Garber. Good job, Jerome. Good job, Jerome. All right, Jerome. Jerome, you're taking us out to break at the end of the segment. Can you handle it? We'll see. Okay, very good. I'm happy you only gave me two words there, too. The future of your career depends upon it, Jerome. Yes. So, 
Better hit that button correctly. Yeah, Jerome can't act in the cheese teases. Jerome can't film the cheese teases. We're just trying to find something for Jerome uh, to do, and the button seems like a good idea, right? Yeah, hit the button, man. Sometimes it can be hard to find, though. Joe Rudder joins us now. Rudder, how are you, man? Long time no talk. Doing good, doing good. Sitting on the back porch, uh, enjoying one of my last few nights before camp. Yeah, and I'm kind of ruining it a little bit, aren't I? <laughs> Make you think uh, about never, the Steelers. I, I love talking to you. Uh, Joe, Le'Veon Bell, not going to be Pittsburgh Steeler in all likelihood after this year. And this is the question I've been starting everyone off with, so I'll start there with you. Did the Steelers dodge a bullet by him not signing the contract extension? <clears throat> I would think that... Um, I would say if you had to pin me down on one way or the other, I would say yes. Um, I mean, you know, it's it's a deal they wanted to get done. Um, you know, they, they wouldn't have spent 16, 18 months, you know, keep revisiting this with various offers if they didn't seriously want him. But I would say a couple years down the line, they'll be glad, I think, that they, you know, that they don't have all that money still allocated to Levy on Bell. I, you know, um, he is, he will be 27 next year. Um, you don't know how many years he has left because of the wear and tear on his body. He does take good care of himself, but historically, running backs do start to break down by the time they start pushing 30. So I think, I, I think in all of this will come out in the long run, be a good idea for the Steelers not to sign him. Joe, do you think there's a legitimate chance that James Conner could be the guy after this year? I'd have to see more, to be honest with you. I yeah. mean, we got a little bit of glimpses last year. Um, you know, even in the preseason game against, or let's say it was Atlanta, in the preseason game, he really looked strong. Uh, but that is preseason. And you don't know how many touches he's going to get in the regular season while they still have Le'Veon Bell here. Um, I think that remains to be seen. I still think he's more of a complimentary type of back and that maybe their running back of 2019 isn't yet on this roster. Joe Ryder from the trip joining us here on the Crowley Show. I don't think Le'Veon Bell should be getting paid $17 million. That being said, I think he's the 40th highest paid player in the National Football League. Do you think that players should be paid based on their positions, or do you think they should be paid based on their value to a team? I would say value to a team. There's no reason to pigeonhole them you know, just because other running backs aren't getting that kind of money because the position kind of uh, was uh, down, you know, downgraded or not as viewed as is important in recent years. I think you're having an upswing on that. And with the, the, what he brings to the Steelers and the value he has, he probably, you know, he is, you know, he is worth more than the 8.25 that Devonta Freeman's getting. It's just a matter of where he falls in that range. And they couldn't find that middle ground. I, yeah, I definitely think he deserves to be paid. And there probably is some team next year that's going to give him that kind of money. But the question is, when he takes that money from that team, is he going to one that's coming off a one-win season? But it has a bad offensive line, doesn't have a quarterback. You know, there's a lot of factors that are going to, you know, make it look good for him financially, but not so good when you add the other things. Joe, do you think this is the best chance for the Steelers to win a championship now in the Roethlisberger era moving forward? I mean, they have everything in place. I, I don't know, you know, uh, you know, if, you know, when you look at the defense, though, and you wish they had maybe a few more, you know, another inside linebacker, maybe somebody else in the secondary to provide some uh, some stability there. But, you know, offensively, you know, this is definitely it. You've got the whole offensive line back for another year. Um, you know, you you don't have any change there until next year when Ramon Foster becomes a free agent. So, yeah, I would say this is your, this is your best chance for them to put it all together. And expectations, of course, are going to be high because everybody thought they should have been there last year. 
Joe Ryder from the Trib joining us on the Crowley Show. Give me some reasons for optimism for the Steelers' defense, because I think they could be good. Uh, they have a lot of pedigree, but there's so many maybes, I think, on that side of the ball. Yeah, they, they, you know, they, they showed last year they can rush the passer without a traditional outside linebacker piling up sacks. They got a lot of it up the middle. Um, Vince Williams, Cam Hayward. Um, I think Stephon Tewitt's going to have a much better year. I think if he's healthy, he can be one of the top defensive ends in the in the league. Um, you know, the back end, I think that, you know, Sean Davis, no matter where they put him, you know, should have a better season. Morgan Burnett, I think, is more reliable than Mike Mitchell is going to be. Um, you know, Vince Williams is, you know, you, you hope that Bud Dupree grows. You know, they although he could be a question. I like T.J. Watt. Um, so there is a lot to like there, but they do have some questions. What's the hope that Randy Feekner is going to bring to the offense this year? What do they need to be different from Todd Haley? I think sometimes maybe not just not go outside their comfort zone as much. I mean, last year, you look at the Jacksonville game, and there were instances you thought for sure they were going to run the ball in fourth down, and they, and they did these plays that just were counterintuitive to what that you thought they should do. I think maybe sometimes he got to try to be a little too cute for his own good. Um, I think Randy will put more, take a lot of implementation from Ben Roethlisberger in what they want to do um, because they do have a closer relationship. They do understand each other a lot better than Todd Haley ever did. So, you know, but I think the goal has to be to put up the kind of points he did in the second half of the year where they weren't getting that nearly in the first half when they were, you know, struggling to get over 20 points a game, let alone 30. I worry a little bit about James Washington. I mean, I saw the guy tear up Pitt. I saw the guy tear up West Virginia. Uh, for four years, and he's just an absolute beast in college. But I worry about his speed. I worry about his size vertically at the National Football League level. I think he could profile to be a really good possession guy, but I think they're going to need him to be a deep down-the-field threat to kind of fill Martavis Bryant's role. Uh, I'm a little bit leery of thinking he can do that in year one. Well, that's you know that's something we're going to see, especially over the you know the four preseason games, how they're going to use him. Where do you think he's going to get involved? I mean, he looked really good in OTAs, but again, most of the time he was catching passes from Mason Rudolph, who he spent four years at Oklahoma State with. So he should have a good rapport with him. Um, you know, and, and he's not going against, you know, a lot of times the first team defensive backs. Now he's going to see a lot better players in the secondary now in the NFL. So it, it remains to be seen. I don't know if Juju Smith Schuster is exactly a blazer either. Um, so they don't have anybody with Martavis Bryant type of speed. But what they do have, maybe it's, maybe it's good enough. We'll have to just wait and see. I'm looking forward to seeing Rudolph. Uh, I really am, and not the red-nosed reindeer. What are you most looking forward to seeing uh, at training camp? What are some things you're keeping your eye on, although I think we've touched on quite a few? Yeah, I'd like to see what Jalen Samuels brings to the team. Yeah. Um, you know, with, He seems like a Le'Veon Bell light uh, with all the things he did and the way they used him out of the back. But I'm curious to see if they get him involved in a lot of third downs or short yardage situations. Um, defensively, I want to see this. Uh, you know, if, the hybrid, if they start using the hybrid safety with Terrell Edmonds, how they put him in there, whether they use six, seven defensive backs, how many linebackers they keep out there in certain sub-packages, things they really didn't do in OTAs when they kept everything pretty much vanilla. Um, and, uh, you know, the other thing I want to see is it's kind of off the field if they do pony up and give money to Chris Boswell for a long-term contract. Oh, yeah, the kicker, baby. Let's go. We got some sexy storylines coming up next week from St. Vincent College. Joe Rutter from the trip joining us on the Crowley Show. The offense, the, uh, pardon me, the outside linebackers flipping. You put much stock in that? You think it's going to help? 
it can't hurt for Bud Dupree. I mean, you know, they, they estimated he was running past the quarterback and getting too wide um, because they saw him coming and the quarterback could step up in the pocket. He comes from the other side. That's not the case. But you hope it doesn't hurt T.J. Watt by doing that. Uh, at the very least, it's something they can try and then move him back if they need to. Um, they've got to do something to get him going because, really, I mean, he was injured, you know, for his, you know, pretty much his first and second seasons and didn't do all that. I mean, he was okay last year, but nothing great. So they've got to do something because, they, you know, they did make the big investment with the 50-year option, and uh, they've got to see if he can start earning it. Does Keith Butler have a bunch of pressure on him this year? We saw the offensive coordinator, his contract's not renewed, obviously, with Todd Haley. But the defense, I keep talking about it every year leading up to camp and in camp. Oh, this is a year. They've got pedigree. They've got youth. They're all coming together. And at the beginning portion of last year, it looked like it all finally had, but it obviously hasn't. And we just keep waiting. It's next year in Jerusalem, year after year after year. I'd have to imagine that there's going to have to be pressure on him. I would think so, and it just showed you last year how valuable Ryan Shazier was. I mean, there's going to be a lot of pressure this year on guys like Davis and Burns to step up and have better years. They're in their third year. Same with Javon Hargrave. I mean, he's got he's got he's not really breaking in any rookies in the starting unit this year, um, you know, which he, which he's had to do the last couple of years. So he has the pieces in place, and you know, and the other thing to remember too is not only is there pressure on him, but there's pressure on Mike Tomlin who oh, yeah. has gotten involved a lot more with the defense over the past few seasons, and his fingerprints are all over that, too. And that's one of the reasons why you mentioned Terrell Edmonds and the things that they're going to do on the back end. I'm very intrigued to see what they wind up doing. We saw them play a lot more man coverage against the New England Patriots, and it slowed them down for a little bit until it didn't slow them down with Rob Gronkowski moving down the field. Um, I'd like to see more of that. I'd like to see uh, more of one inside linebacker being on the field, maybe you slide a guy like Edmonds up into the box. I wonder, is Sean Davis, you think, the front runner to be the free safety with uh, Morgan Burnett being the strong? I, I think right now they'll probably go the other way just because Burnett has more experience doing it, although he was more of a strong recently with Green Bay. But that could change at any time. And the other thing, which you're talking about, the, the linebackers, too, Tyler Matikavich, they've given him every chance yeah. to be the first-team guy. And you know, you'd think they signed John Bostick and put him right out there, and that hasn't been the case. So that's going to be another area definitely to watch in training camp to see if Matikavich holds on to that job because, you know, he's really not known as being good in pass coverage. And, you know, he he only had really two quarters to prove himself until he got hurt after the Shazier injury. So he's really an unknown as well. I know that the big point of uh, emphasis point, pardon me, is that they want to stop the run this year. And we heard Keith Butler talk about it a bunch uh, in this offseason I guess that's why Tyler Matikiewicz is getting every opportunity, but I think with Matikiewicz and Vince Williams both in there at the same time, I don't feel great at all about them being able to run with backs or tight ends. Yeah, I mean, yeah, to me, it's a different, uh, it's a lot different than what you had, you know, even a couple years ago when you had Shazir and Timmons out there. Oh, man. It's a different look, and, uh, um, you know, it, it's going to be one of the things teams are going to test them. You know that. They were susceptible to it at the end of last year. And even early, you know, they they were bad early in the year when Chicago ran all over them. Um, they got a lot better in the middle. But it's something that they're going to have to show they can stop because teams are going to definitely come at them. Joe, Sharkies, Thursday night, 9 o'clock. How's that sound? Well, I was going to say Wednesday, but I think there's other things going on Wednesday night. But Thursday, definitely. Uh, you know, I was a little late getting into the Sharkies game last year. 
being my first year, I think I'm going to, you know, I'm a veteran. I think I'll take more advantage of that. boy. We'll see you there. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Sounds good. There he goes. That is Joe Rudder of the Trib. Very nice man. Very good at what he does. And he doesn't know it yet. I'm going to have him in the rotation. It's going to be a training camp. We're going to have to talk to all these schmucks multiple times over the course of camp, and they're just going to have to get used to it. And he's going to have to get used to it after starting drinking at 9 o'clock at Sharky. It's like a uh, rite of passage almost. I mean, the funny part about camp is that every media member who covers the Steelers, if you want to meet any of them, go to Sharky's at some point during the week. You'll find one of them either awake at the bar having their 50th beer or one passed out under the bar not awake at all. Here's why I love Dale Lawley. There are many reasons, but when I first went to camp, I was just some schlub. I'm still a schlub, but I was a younger schlub back then who had never done anything in media, and I was going to be hosting a power hour from 8 o'clock until 9 in the morning just talking Steelers. That's what I was going to do on Steelers Nation Radio. No one knew who the hell I was, but I filled in for Tunch and Wolf the week leading up to training camp, and Dale did a couple of the shows with me. So it's the first night. I'm in the dorm room. I'm alone. There's nothing to do. I'm thinking about putting some porn on my computer. And Dale just texts me. Crowley, Sharkies, now. I'll give you a ride. Friendship. Rest was history. That's a really nice thing to do. It really is, reaching out to the new guy. I would never do that, ever. No, you've done nothing but berate Jerome since we've been here today. He's the new guy in media, and you just beat him up left and right. And it's, it's lucky you had a guy like Dale. Dale's good people. Now, Jerome, you have to send us to break here, okay? And I am worried. I am too, man, really. I think sales should be more worried that well, the commercial break's going to get all left up. Jerome, not to put any pressure on you, but there's a lot of money that is happening once you hit that button. So much so that if you hit it wrong, the emails that will fly around this office will be mind-boggling. And I'll, I'll have to deal with that stress. I'll have to tell them what happened. I'll have to say, I mean, no pressure, but I'll have to tell everybody that the new guy who was here, been here a couple weeks, screwed us out of money, screwed us on the air, and probably screwed us out of listeners. So that's what's on the line here. So if you would... Let Adam take you to break here. Well, wait. I'll take a bullet for Tom. I'll take a bullet for Brian any day. I'll take a bullet for Joe Rokicki from the DV Morning Show. Jerome, if you F up here, man, you're done. Under the bus, dude. Like, so far under the bus. You're done. Yeah. yeah. It's over. Mm -hmm. Coming up next, it's the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun. Brought to you by To Be Determined. It's Crowley's show, ESPN Pittsburgh. Uh the Adam Crowley Show. Love you, 970 ESPN. It's Adam Crowley, I think it is. He's a good guy. He really is. He's a good host. I enjoyed it, you know, and now we're talking about a weekly spot of the show. And I'm just telling Adam, I better be picked. Freebies are open. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. Tom, if that station across the street came calling. Then they said, we will up your pay from minimum wage to slightly above minimum wage. You're leaving, right? No, see, I understand the importance of teamwork and sacrificing money on the table to yeah. create, to achieve a greater goal than just individual. I mean, because so, life's yeah. not just about money, Tom, right? No, it's about no. being fulfilled and, and reaching goals. Exactly right, yeah. Brian. Two dollars? Yeah, $2, You're going to leave for two yeah, bucks probably, more? Yeah, yeah, probably might be. Sure. I'd leave for two dollars. <laughs> it's two bucks an hour? Yeah. I think for two bucks total. I mean, not you guys. Like, you guys I'd try to figure out how to stick with. But, like. But if they didn't want it, like, I'd still go. I mean, 
Uh, if they offered me half of what Madden's making to do his show, I'm out of here. That's probably one of the biggest hypotheticals we've ever laid on the Crowley show here. What if the other station offers Tom a job? <laughs> Why would they do that? I gotta recommend him. Like the recommendation will come through me. <laughs> we should actually do this where we have Tom apply and then have to and try to sabotage them from the inside. Oh, like a mole. Like a mole. Shirtless mole. Like a Trojan horse. Yes. A, oh. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. That. When I reveal myself to them as the spy, I just rip my shirt off. Yeah. Like, ha-ha! Ha-ha, pony! I got you! Ha-ha! Suck it, cook! You got Crowley rolled! <laughs> just run out the door. So good! People are mad at Bell because Bell, unlike great Thomas Offerman here, shirtless Tom, he's not about loyalty. No, he's just about money. Everyone's about money. Janice posted on our Facebook page... Crowley Show Facebook page, www.facebook.com backslash backslash The Adam Crowley Show. I forgot the HTTP. <sighs> Janice posted on our Facebook page, HTTP <laughs> colon backslash backslash www.facebook.com backslash The Adam Crowley Show backslash 335-765-492-2100. Seven, 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 three, four, five, question mark. I'm very disappointed in Bell. I gave him a benefit of the doubt last year, but now he's just being a jerk. That's what Janice said on our Facebook page. And Janice, how's he being a jerk if he just wants more money? Uh, Not everyone has the same moral code as you. Not everyone wants the same things that you want. She wants Le'Veon Bell to retire a Pittsburgh Steeler because that's what's in best interest of the Pittsburgh Steelers and ipso facto what's in the best interest of Janice. But Le'Veon Bell wants to make as much money possible because his rookie contract was that of a second-round player, not a top-five, top-ten running back in round number one. He's trying to make good on money lost. And I think any of us trying to make good on money lost would do exactly what he's done. Take the guaranteed money. The 12 and a half for year one on the franchise tag. Take guaranteed money in year two, 14.5. Take that money, the 27-ish million, and then you sit on that until you get that $33 million guaranteed contract with $37 million on the backside, perhaps, in free agency. I think that's what made most sense for Bell, obviously, in terms of money. And for everyone saying he's not going to play with a good team, that's not what it's about. It's about bashing your head in day after day, game after game, year after year, putting your body on the line, maybe having Alzheimer's one day, and getting paid for it. Man, if I'm doing that, if I'm an NFL player, I know that's a weird hypothetical, but if I am, I'd probably play wide receiver for the New England Patriots. But anyway, I would want to get paid for every shot that I took. That's what it boils down to. These guys now all know the risk of the game. These guys all know now that playing football is horrific for you physically. Some guys make it out okay, others not so lucky. The junior sales of the world, they don't make it. Uh, The Mike Websters of the world, they don't make it. And Le'Veon Bell knows these risks. Everyone knows these risks, but running backs maybe more so than anybody else, and you've got to make the money for the damage it's going to do to your body so that your family can live off of that. And yes, 
You can live off of twelve million. You can live off of twenty-seven million. You can live off of one million dollars. I live off far less. But if Le'Veon Bell is going to potentially get CTE from this game, it's not just about this generation of Bells. It's not about the next generation of Bells. It's about his entire family of Bells saying that they got saved by the Bell who's playing football in the National Football League. It's his kids, 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 kids that he's got to be thinking about because maybe he is old and decrepit and broken down at 50 years old. Or maybe it's even more about the here and the now where he sees what happens to Ryan Shazier and says, I better cash out before that happens. I better make my payday before that goes down. And he is taking a risk by waiting one year to get that guaranteed money now. But I think those things all go through his mind. Lenny posts at www.facebook.com backslash the Adam Crowley show. His longest run last year was 27 yards. He hasn't ever played a full season, and on top of that, he has two suspensions already. One more, he's in big trouble, mister. He may get more money and end up with the Jets or Browns, etc., but why not stay here? Winning is important and have a chance at a ring. Brady isn't the highest paid player. He takes less so his team can sign more players. Steelers gave Ben and Brown plus Juju coming up soon. This is I gotta stop reading. It just maybe this guy's got CTE. Yeah, Brady isn't being paid as much as he could be being paid. Neither is Ben Roethlisberger. And Ben took a lot of shots early in his career, and quarterbacks do get messed up. Nowhere near the way a running back does. Running backs need to make every cent they can because man, can that be gone soon? Sam Post, I was really upset when we couldn't sign Mike Wallace. So glad he left. We won't miss Bell. Mike Wallace made $54 million in his career. I'm sure Mike Wallace is okay with the decisions he's made. Zavri says, you'll miss the player, but you won't miss the drama. Man, every team in the league's got drama. Every team. They've got varying degrees of drama. Uh, Not every offensive line coach in the National Football League is doing blow and recording themselves doing it on videotape and then sending said videotape to a hooker. Uh, That doesn't happen to every team. But degrees of that do. So I'd rather have the players who are maybe a little bit distracting, who are also all pro players. Rob says, and this is the last one I'll get to here, next man up. Okay, let's see how that works. Let's see how next man up works when it's James Conner, who I think kind of has hands of stone and can stay healthy less than Le'Veon Bell can. Let's go to Anthony in Oakland next up on the Crowley Show. Hello, Anthony. Well, I have the opposite view than a lot of other people. I'm glad he's leaving after one year. Now the Steelers can invest in the defense, which has really been their hindrance of going to the Super Bowl. And they'll find another running back. Other teams have done it, and I'm sure that the Steelers will do the same thing. So I'm good riddance. I'm, it's a I'm, hope. I'm and and here's, the, here's the thing that I disagree with there, Anthony. You know what Le'Veon Bell is. You don't know who his replacement's going to be or what that guy's capable of or his shelf life or his potential history. And you don't know if the Steelers are going to reinvest in the defense in the way that you want them to. Who's to say that they're going to bring in a big-time player on the free agent market? Who's not to say that they're going to try to sign a guy like T.J. Watt to a contract extension? Who's to say that Bud Dupree doesn't take a little step forward this year and they feel inclined after his fifth-year option to pay him then? 
I think that the money might be spent more so by the Steelers on re-signing their own guys and keeping them locked up long-term as opposed to making additions by free agency on the defensive side. I'm not saying totally on uh, free agency, but you could. There may be a, a fine inside linebacker that's going to be a free agent in their age range where they could invest that money. Plus, they're going to have this Shazier money because he's never going to play again. So, yeah, listen, uh, they haven't won. They haven't been to the Super Bowl with him, and I'm old school in that mentality. So, I, I, I just don't see the loss. I, I honestly, I don't. I appreciate the call, Anthony, and disagree with everything you said. They haven't won with them. Get rid of them. See you later. You know what? After the Pirates lost the division round series to the Cardinals, they should have just traded McCutcheon. Can't win with that guy. Can't get it done. It's totally flawed logic. It implies that Le'Veon Bell is complicit in the in the reasons the Steelers haven't won a championship, and he's absolutely not. Uh, the three games that he's been healthy for, and that's the problem: the health. But the games that he's been healthy for. 167, 170 on the ground, and then 155 all-purpose with two touchdowns. That's a guy who makes the team better. That's not a guy who makes the team worse. And the next guy that you bring in, whether it is James Conner being the next man up, or it's some college player like Rodney Anderson, the kid out of Oklahoma that they might bring in, you don't know what he's going to provide. You don't know what his past has in terms of baggage. You just don't know. It's all unknown. I am a believer in the known. I want to hold on to a player that I know what he can bring to the table. And all these circumstances that we talk about where they might go out and find a guy in free agency or they'll go out and they'll draft a running back or they'll add a running back in free agency, you just don't know what he's going to bring to the table under the circumstances that the Steelers now have. You don't know how he's going to fit into the offense. You don't know how he's going to play with the offensive line. I'm with the knowns, and the known for me is Le'Veon Bell. The Steelers, by the way, Anthony, and I do appreciate the call, they feel the same way I do. That's why they tried to give him $14.5 million per season, not just this season. 412-922-2874. Boss Fox tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. The truth is we are greedy as fans, and we want as many superstars on the Steelers as we can keep because Super Bowl window is slowly closing. Well, that's how you feel. That's how I feel because as we're going to hear from Mark Caballi coming up at 620, he understands that this team could be in bad shape not too long from now. If Bell leaves and Ben gets banged up this year and Ben says, you know what, I'm out, what's left? What happens? You got this defense with all the question marks and an aging offensive line. Very good. I skipped the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun brought to you by To Be Determined. So, Tom, hit that for me real quick so I can get it in. And now it's time for the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun. Brought to you by To Be Determined. Woo! Yeah, you got to get that in for the salespeople. I mean, they needed they needed that. I, I got to hit my benchmarks. To Be Woo! Determined will be very upset if they don't get their mention. They will be furious. Bell plays 90% of his team snaps. Most by running backs in the National Football League. The next two, Elliott at 86 and Gurley at 82. Nobody else is in the 80s. Not one player is in the 80s. Everyone else is sitting there in the 70s, and most of them in the low 70s. That's got to mean something, right? It does to me. That's the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun. Brought to you by To Be Determined. Woo! You're welcome, Determined. 
Coming up next, are you rooting for Bell to fail? I already know the answer. It's a Crowley Show.